0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to... The Chiss Ascendancy. We're getting really good at that. Yeah, nailing it. Episode Episode 19. Yeah. Episode 19. Today we're talking about Star Wars canon and Legends. Yeah, we're going to try and weigh the pros and cons
1: of both. both. You know what? You're kind of looking at for either one. We have some things that uh, Josiah and I like more about Legends where it's just been explored more.
0: Yeah, um, that's but, the main thing I think is time.
1: Yeah, but the other thing is that we have gotten some really good things from Canon as well mm-hmm. that I think should just be appreciated. And it doesn't mean that if you enjoy one, you can't enjoy the other. That's, that's the main point. That's we the main we're gonna make.
0: Like, but before we get there, a little bit of news. I guess we'll start with a little more Star Warsy news. Uh, so as you know, uh, Star Wars photographer slash figure collector i mean i'm not a professional by any means but that's what I, I like to do it for funsies um but uh hasbro announced yesterday with a reveal that they have uh finished the star wars rebels line and so for years and years and years we have most of the ghost crew but they finally are coming through and delivering with a Garazeb zeb aurelios aka zeb figure nice. and um so he just got revealed yesterday, so he's running a little bit more. So usually a figure in the 6-inch line is about $20, $22, and he's going to be 30 because he's so much bigger. Um, so that's like the Camorian Guard or General Grievous, like they were bigger sets, or the Heavy Mandalorian from Mando. Right. Um, so uh, really awesome. And then, uh, as, as I assumed, uh, me and my buddy Skeleton Astronaut uh, talked about this, but I think part of the reason that they were waiting on that is to do some of that... Uh, that new paint application they have been doing for the faces where it's more realistic if you look at the figure of Rey from Force Awakens and you look at Rey from release of Rise of Skywalker the figure just looks so much better yeah, in the face big for sure um, so re-releasing Sabine with the new paint application re-releasing Hera re-releasing Kanan and re-releasing Her- uh, Ahsoka all with new paint applications also and I think Chopper and Ezra keep the same I mean Chopper's a droid so what yeah. are you gonna do give him a new droid uh, new Mandalorian figure as well? Yes. With the revised
1: armor from later in the season?
0: Yep. So you have the whole... It's really cool. So what they're starting to do is, um, for the longest time, starting with the Finn action figure, when Force Awakens first came out, he was number one in that line. And mm-hmm. it went up to 107 or 8 or something like that. Um, like, I've got a Commander Bly coming in the mail, and he's like 109 or something. So you have those that... Re- it's probably 110. That probably feels like a round number. Uh, so you have those... But now what they're doing is, they're doing, which I really like this version, and it's going to force me to get stuff because of new artwork they're doing. But what they're doing now is the uh, specific line, whether it's six figures or eight figures or whatever, um, it's all based around a theme. So the Rebels theme has kind of like a purpley tinge to it, and you have all the characters Mm -hmm. from that theme. And then you have um, uh, Return of the Jedi, which the theme is more green because... The movie artwork is more green. Yeah. So they're doing um, Admiral Akbar from his It's a Trap mm. outfit. And then the next figure in that line is Tebow. And they haven't announced what the third one is yet. But that line, if you line the boxes up, there's a mural that goes across. Yeah. Similar to like, cool. you know, uh, what was it, those books we looked at? It's the old Thrawn trilogy, when, right? When you I, had when, that. Uh... Yeah, when they re released the original Thrawn trilogy, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. Uh, the new artwork that they did when they were re releasing them, uh, the artwork across the back, but also if you line them up across just the covers, makes a mural. And so they're starting to do that. Yeah, I like that stuff. Um, which is really cool. Like the, the pictures overlap. So now you have to buy them if you want the complete whatever. And so then you Very have sneaky. Empire with Darth Vader and Luke. So kind of a typical thing. Return of the Jedi had Akbar and Tebow. I'm definitely getting Tebow because he has that sick skull we talked about during our hat episode. And then the Mandalorian has obviously more of an orange tinge, and the first figure in that line is Mando with his Beskar armor, and it looks... I pre-ordered it (laughs) already. (laughs) It's lovely. Uh, It's very like that chrome finish with... uh, He also comes with a jetpack, so that's dope. And then... A rising uh, phoenix. uh, A rising phoenix, as it were. And then you have the next one in that line is uh, just an Imperial Stormtrooper. Um, but they've taken the layout and paint application that was really popular for the new vintage collection, the smaller scale, and they've kind of upscaled it. So I think even within... They've released Stormtroopers before. I think this will be the best one they've done so far. Mm. Um, and they're doing it in such a way... Oh, and then the... I guess it would be from the Clone Wars line. I They only released... One in this, so I don't know what the next one will look like, but they have a Camino clone trooper from the cloning facility when Shock T goes yeah, yeah, yeah. and the whole five things go on in, in Clone Wars. Probably one of my favorite arcs. It's a cool paint job. Um, but basically it's a shock trooper, you know, the white with all the red, mm-hmm. but where the red is, it's just like a matte gray. A nice color like this. It's just like this, but a little bit toned down. Very nice. It's like this. It's just like, yeah. White on gray. gray. White on gray. Beautiful. Uh, so Another piece of news
1: that is probably a little more relevant to everybody listening. and Ian Wow. Has, uh, you
0: know. <laughs> Ouch. Not everybody collects figures. Uh, Turns out but, 75% of our listeners are from my Instagram. <laughs> That'll be funny. Anyway. Uh, Offended. <laughs> well, 100% of our listeners like Star Wars. Good call.
1: So, What's your news? Uh, there are updated release dates for the High Republic content. Oh, really? Um, so, Charles Soule's adult novel uh, will now be released on January 5th of next year. When was it supposed to come out? It was supposed to come out later this year.
0: What the freak?
1: Uh, and Claudia Gray's this novel... This year just keeps getting worse. <laughs> uh, the High Republic Into the Dark mm-hmm. uh, has now been moved to February 2nd of next year. So, Disney's renounced, or, uh, announced these like re-release... Uh, <laughs> wow. Can I talk... They've uh, readjusted these dates because they said something about Hmm. the general market delays and then uh, everything will come out in sequence after that. But, yeah, that's a little bit of sad news. That is sad. But... Because I've really been looking forward to especially Claudia Grace. But don't
0: forget, October 6th, Thorn of comes out. Yes,
1: and there is a snippet out that they've released that I won't
0: be listening to, but if you want to listen to it... I think today on Instagram, uh, Del Rey Star Wars, the the company that publishes all the Star Wars novels, um, uh, or the vast majority of them, on their story, they released a small clip. Um, I started to listen to the very beginning, and then I got a phone call, and it actually kind of kept me from listening because I was like, uh, "Do I want to go back in and listen? I'm definitely going to go yeah. and listen later today." Just I told me myself. about it, and he was like, and I was like, "I
1: would like to listen to it, but also I would not." Here's the thing. I just, I I don't want to, I like to go like this. Yeah. This is how I want to start a book or a movie.
0: That's true. But at the same time, with all the negativity so far in 2020, to hear Mark Mark Thompson's Thrawn voice might just help a little bit. If I need it that bad, I'll just
1: re-listen to the entire trilogy that we've already gotten. (sighs)
0: But it's going to look Either sick. one of them.
1: I could listen to two trilogies. So his throng voice now is different, though, than it was. Oh, for sure. In the original trilogy. Yeah. And the first one's like, Captain,
0: it's, what it's can we do for you? And Mark
1: Thompson, if by some small miracle you're listening to this. Good job. Uh, I am a big fan of your adjustments. I think Good you've done, job. You've done phenomenal work.
0: I've talked to him a few times, like on Twitter, just a couple of questions, a couple of this and that. No conversations. Speaking of beeking I did ask to... him what was the most intimidating. Um, when you're jumping into a book what's the most intimidating character because you think about it like what if you screw up darth vader's voice what if you screw up this and he said probably the most intimidating was reading the 20th anniversary of heir to the empire because it was like the biggest star wars novel ever mm-hmm. and they were like hey we're going to redo this and make it a really big deal so don't screw this audio version up right and he said that was probably well, it's like if you're that.
1: listening to the audiobooks, they'll augment the voices of important characters like darth vader I'm um, listening to Dark Lords of the Sith right now, mm-hmm. and uh, Jonathan Davis is voicing it, and you, they've augmented his
0: voice in post for Darth Vader's part. It really sucks when they're not. I don't know how this happens, but every once in a while they're not paying as much attention, and they'll miss one. Have you ever noticed mm-hmm. that? So it'll be like, I don't think so. I don't know. Like that's the, and then yeah. you'll have. I'm, that's me trying to be an augmented voice, and then it'll be like, you know, and Samuel asked, "Well, what are we gonna do?" And the Dark Lord replied. Not too sure. Like, and then it's like, wah, 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 wah. Like, it takes me out of the story. Right. But uh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Or there was
1: uh, one segment where he just randomly did the wrong voice for a character. Oh, really? Yeah. But it was like, you could tell they weren't going to redo it because it was literally the last line in the chapter. Oh. Uh, and he's like, okay. And it's like, he did it like this high squeaky girl voice. And then it was just supposed to be this like uh, tech toilet. Oh, no. Yeah. It was pretty funny. That's, I laughed about it because I was falling asleep. Uh, and then another thing about talking to, like important Star Wars folks, Claudia Gray followed us on Instagram, so that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Josiah and I both were like we saw it at the same time in different places, and I called him and he's like he answered immediately because he was just about to call me and tell me, and I yeah. was like,
0: did you see this? And he's like, did you see it? I think I answered and I was like, did you see this?
1: Yeah, we yeah. already knew what the conversation was going to be. Yeah, so that's so pretty that was cool. Really so. Cool.
0: Miss Gray, thank you. We love your work. Big fan. We're thing. excited. So it's interesting. Very cool. It was cool because sometimes authors are a little bit more accessible than mm-hmm. other people in the Star Wars universe. But still, just as important in my heart. Oh, more important yeah. than more than the most. I would rather have a sit down talk with Claudia Gray or or um, I mean, obviously Timothy Zahn is, is high on the list. But I'd rather have a sit down with Claudia Gray than like. The guy that plays Kanan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know, or or even, oh man, well you know who kind of tops it all? Dave Filoni. I could talk to Dave Filoni about Star Wars before. Or I Sam Witwer. Sam Witwer. But Dave Filoni that, is, is, that guy's Dave Filoni is. Yeah, he understands Star Wars. He's, he he's is. He's in the trap, dude. Yeah, imagine if George Lucas is doing a cartoon. So Dave Filoni did some work on Avatar The Last Airbender. George Lucas liked his Bringing a story about. Which, by the way, I'm super excited. It's back, back on Netflix. Netflix.
1: I've been watching it like a woo
0: Anyway, big fan. All right, so, anyways, yeah, so Dave Filoni gets hired directly by George Lucas. And imagine you're writing that story, you're writing that cartoon, you're writing those stories, you're writing those arcs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're going, so I was thinking they were going to do this. And then George is like, no, they wouldn't do that. Here's why. And so for six seasons or whatever, which, have me, I mean, that's probably six or seven years minimum, you know? Like, just writing beforehand, there's time. Yeah. And then you have the other six years that's on air. So probably, I mean, the greater part of a decade, and you're just soaking up George Lucas's aura. Yeah. I could talk to him for hours. So anyways, um, but yeah, so having Claudia Gray follow us was super cool. I was honored. Um, and then... Another speaking
1: of speaking of, uh, we for the first time ever decided to check our yeah, stats and Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, we. I guess just, we're still kind of new to this. So. We've just been running blind into the great oblivion. We're just putting out content we're, for you guys, just having a great time.
0: We'll uh, have a day oh yeah so we found some cool surprises so some cool surprises um just here is a list um i can't for whatever reason this website won't let me scroll but here is just a few of the countries um here i am thinking like nobody cares who we are nobody knows whatever but we've had multiple downloads um so obviously united states that's where we're from um but here also on the list is ireland which is pretty cool it's probably conor mcgregor let's be honest you think of any other famous Irish people? <laughs> I can list. Uh,
1: somebody O'Reilly.
0: <laughs> there went <my> that. <dad. laughs> there goes our last female. Uh, so, Sorry, Ireland. I help myself. Um, our neighbors to the south, Mexico. So Sounds pretty cool. Our neighbors to the north, Canada, George St. Pierre for sure. GSP. Thanks. And then uh, some other Ryan cool ones. Uh, Pakistan. That's pretty neat. So that's pretty cool. And then of course, uh, the UK, the United Kingdom. So that's really awesome. I couldn't really, I don't know why it wouldn't let me scroll on the thing, but if I go to, that's just countries. If I go to cities, there's all kinds of places on here. Uh, we have people listening from Portugal. Uh, like I said, the UK, France, Canada, Puerto Rico, Warsaw, Poland. That's awesome. Again, Pakistan's there. Um, so just really cool We no from
1: Scotland yet, which means Ewan hasn't stumbled across our channel. Oh, but in due time. It.
0: You are the chosen one.
1: Have come you on, seen Ewan. that uh Maybe he's in
0: Ireland. I'm not sure if something. this is real
1: or not, but I saw a meme that was based on a news article that Scotland's renaming its tallest mountain after Ewan McGregor. And it was a clip from episode three, and it's like it's over again. I've become the high ground. <laughs> Let me look this up. Scotland renames Highest Mountain after Ewan McGregor. Dude,
0: what if it's real? Oh my gosh, is it real? It's for real? Well, the their news reporting is StarWarsHub.net, so I just don't know if I can trust it because it's a Star Wars thing making up Star Wars news, maybe. But it does say uh, Ben Nevis, which is a mountain in Scotland, Scotland's tallest mountain, to be renamed Kenobi in honor of you and McGregor. That's I have so the cool. high ground indeed. Sky's tallest mountain, Ben Nevis, which stands uh, thirteen hundred and forty-five meters above sea level. It's to be renamed mount kenobi about. in honor of scottish actor ewan mcgregor you know
1: uh ewan mcgregor has a brother that flies for the raf and his flight name is ob2
0: that's dope i thought that was pretty awesome back in my raf days so yeah there's some cool uh just ascendancy news so we've got listeners from around the globe that's just yeah very encouraging super, yeah i was gonna say it's super encouraging yeah
1: and we what just pa- just reached your past 50 followers on youtube We've been at 100, yeah, recently broke 100 followers on Instagram, so small numbers for a lot of the world, but for us, we think that's really cool, so we appreciate it. We were everything. at zero
0: not too long yeah. ago, so. so we decided, let's start this thing, and uh, before you know it, we're going to get a $100 million contract from SoundCloud, <coughs> or from Spotify, or whatever. SoundCloud to compete with the Joe Rogan Experience. SoundCloud, if you're watching this.
1: We accept. Uh, one of my favorite things in, is when somebody's like, yeah, I'm a SoundCloud rapper. Like,
0: uh, Yeah, I'm a SoundCloud Joe Rogan.
1: <laughs> somebody came to help us fix our internet, which if that guy stumbles upon this, please take this in good humor and I appreciate your help. Because <laughs> our internet was down for two days. But it was. He came upstairs and he saw my uh, musical equipment and he's following dad. He's like, oh, you do music? And dad's like, oh, my son does. And uh,
0: he's like, I'm a rapper. And I was like, you lost my dad. <laughs> I was like, big mistake. You don't know it yet. Oh, so you're not John Denver? Get out!
1: <laughs> uh, freaking, it reminds me of Parks and Rec. Uh, Ron's listening to Turkey Calls, and he's trying to tell Leslie he's not going on a hunt. And she's like, you're literally listening to Turkey Calls right now. he's like, is this not rap? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, gets me every time. But anyway, let's uh, jump
0: into this. So, Canon versus Legends... So, 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 oh, what is that from?
1: that a snake? Yeah, that's that, uh, Lucifer of friggin' junk world. So, where's my leftovers? Where you from? So,
0: oh, God. Snakeity snake.
1: I was, uh, pleasantly surprised. Not that I didn't see it coming, but I was like, thank God when Savage Opress strangled that snake. (laughs) I was like, same, bro. If I was uh, a creature imbued with dark magics Mm -hmm. and just fueled by rage, I would 100% single-hand smother that serpent. Do you think you could
0: kill a snake with one hand? I don't know. They're like just one giant spine. I don't know. I mean, think about it. Grand scheme of things, if you had a grass snake, you could for sure kill it with one hand. Have you ever picked up a snake? Yes. They're like...
1: Surprisingly heavy mm-hmm. and surprisingly strong. It's just a lot of muscle. Yeah, it's one giant long muscle. It's basically a, a muscle spine stomach. That's what a snake
0: is. So that's what I'm <laughs> fruit by the foot. Uh, that's what I'm asking is if you had a grass snake, just a little like five inch grass snake, you could definitely kill it with one hand. Right.
1: So, but when you say that, much... I'm thinking like king cobra, and I was like, no way, bro.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm asking. What
1: yeah. at what point do you feel like I probably couldn't kill that with one hand? Uh, probably when the snake is strong enough to be like. I'm still grabbing it from behind the head. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's still fighting me. Mm-hmm. I think that snake has then surpassed my one-hand strangling ability. Mm. Interesting. Also,
0: I don't know how long snakes need to breathe. You yeah. know what I mean? Like In a, my mind, when he kills that snake, he just kind of crunches it and it just... Yeah, I think it's more of like a fracture. Yeah. Like, you, you Breaks hear somebody
1: force choke. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, the, you're choked, but you're it's you're also like... like this, yeah, you're like crushing all the tendons and... Nerves. You know what I've always wondered growing up? I
0: always wondered if I was an actor that was being choked by Darth Vader, would it be convincing? Like, I have had bad dreams before being like, God, God, get somebody, get this guy out of here. It's not this. (laughs) You know, like, what would it look like? So, have you thought about that before?
1: Not specifically, no. Can't say that I have. All right, go. Choke, I'm, uh... (laughs) Do you think you could? I'm not properly motivated right now. You think you could? Yeah, I think so. I'm a pretty decent actor. My Joel Osteen impression had the director of men falling out of his chair laughing during uh, missions training my freshman year in college. Hmm. Dean of Dean Boyd of Boyds. His name was Dean Boyd. (laughs) That's what we called him, Dean of Dean Boyd of Boyds. Here you were saying my Star Wars toy reference was a niche. You know what? I was just, I don't have a lot of acting experience, okay, so I was just referencing the one time that I was up there.
0: Yeah, I just feel like there's so many people in the... Especially in the original trailer, they're like... Oh. <laughs> like, it's not... The first one, when he's like... That was the best one. When they're in the Death Star.
1: Yeah, I think what really... You need the confusion to sell it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're like... Oh!
0: You know, you're trying to, <laughs> See, you trying got to it! Trying to figure it out. And What's then, going on?
1: And then... The panic... <laughs> It's
0: the progression of things. Dude, we should do... You know what we should do? We should do an episode where it's Star Wars scenes, and we have to act them out by request only.
1: It'd be like that video of that fat guy that's like, the battle of attrition, and he falls over and he's like, my
0: back! My back!
1: (laughs) Oh, those videos are cursed.
0: My neck! My back!
1: (laughs) The dialogue is... (laughs) 80% 80% of why I love those videos. And the then, Battle and of then, Attrition. And then him falling and hurting his back is the other 20%.
0: Okay, so let's let's get into this because we're, we're already off. Okay, so Star Wars, canon versus legends. So back in 2012, I want to say, Disney purchases.
1: I remember we were sitting in Iguana Joes and Crosby.
0: All of Star Wars. Of news. And I was actually upset at the time, I think. If I remember correctly because I was like "I are going to ruin it because well, I was like
1: they're taking it away from George <laughs> give it back
0: <laughs> like he's sitting there and he's like no it's mine <laughs> they're bullying him right, right.
1: there's gave, like a mouse they gave him like four and a half billion dollars and I'm like it's
0: not enough <laughs> it's like they 10. should have given him the rest of Disney so that he could then oh, sell man. it
1: buy it back they should have given him 4.5 billion dollars and the whole company <laughs> So that he can still be in <laughs> They're charge. are
0: taking it from George.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. It's like that episode of The Office where Pam's crying about the dog bone commercial and she's like, he's just trying to protect his bone. And Jim's
0: like, he's got a bank fault. That's a pretty good start. And she's like, not enough, though. <laughs> That's how I felt. Uh, you know, I really wonder what would have happened if they let George have a high, not like some input, but a high volume of input for the sequel trilogy. Uh, the Last Jedi would have been very different. <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, also, um, there would have been a lot less sand, I can tell you that. They interviewed him, and he was like... Or more sand. They interviewed him, and he said, um, my my vision for it was uh, like very much like, we're going to figure out what midi midichlorians are, we're going to figure out this, we're mm-hmm. going to figure out... The deep stuff. The deep stuff. The deep cuts. And so at the same time, I feel like... You don't know what you got till it's gone, Mm. and I feel like if George would have been the one to make the sequels, there'd be a bunch of idiots out there hating on it. I'm getting mad just thinking about it. Leave George alone. But what really made us think about this was somebody
1: randomly, one of our old friends. You know who you are. You'll never watch the podcast, I'm gonna to talk to him mad smack about you. <laughs> uh, but he texted me asking me like this random crap about well if you were a Jedi, what would you do and how would your lightsaber
0: like be a
1: form <laughs> and I was like he Man, just, if I he can...
0: watches that he's gonna be so pissed.
1: If he, he just said it was clearly a forwarded text and he was like, answer No, no, that's
0: his thing, man. He is like a dungeon master from D D. Right. Like, he's and I was like, What?
1: Like I literally <laughs> just texted back, what? No question mark, just the word. And he was like, answer. And I was like, first of all, give me a please. You're going to text me in the first thing in the morning and tell me to do stuff? Get the frick out of town.
0: I think he works nights too. So it's like yeah, he's he right does. awake
1: and you're like, yo. Or at least he used to. That's what used to happen. But uh, anyway, so we were talking and he's, you know, we were just discussing stuff back and forth and he clearly doesn't understand some things, Sean. Uh,. Anyway, so we were talking back and forth, and I was like, "Well, you know, this is probably the best example of this thing that we have in Canon," and blah blah. Right. blah and he was like, well And I was like, "Yeah, that's why I specifically said Canon." Yeah. Um, and he was like, "I don't." I don't he said, f- "I don't. Uh, I don't He's believe like, in the Disney Star Wars." And I was or like, "You must be terribly unhappy."
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, that started something in in my. That's kind of what we started talking about, and I was yeah. like, "Dude, let's talk about this weekend or uh, this next podcast because the thing is that we." Uh, We always talk about this character or this character. And for me, I I know I've said it a a, a multitude of times, that the canon and legend material bleeds together for me. Mm. Like, it's really hard for me to go... uh, You know, for me, and again, eventually we'll get to this, but um, I love looking at the comparisons between Kylo Ren and Jason Mm -hmm. Solo. Like, that's one of my favorite things. Right. Well, and you can tell how
1: much Kylo was initially based off of some of the original Legends material because his name's Ben, for one, which was Luke and Mara's son. Luke and Mara's son was Ben Ben Skywalker. Yeah. So he's Ben Skywalker, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's for sure a Skywalker. He's got the personality traits Mm -hmm. of Jason Solo. And so he's basically, literally, the combination of Ben and Jason, because mm-hmm. he's
0: been Solo. Mm-hmm. So, and it's interesting too because in the um, in the Legacy of the Force series, so Jason, so this is Legends, mm-hmm. Jason uh, and Jaina Solo uh, are twins, and you kind of talk, you, you hear about them a little bit in the Air of the Empire series mm-hmm. where uh, Leia's pregnant and all that stuff. But um, well, and I think later in the series they're born. Yeah, they're born in. Yeah, there's Um, an arc where they have to
1: protect him and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so basically, you have Jason and Jaina, and um, they're obviously because they're twins, they have this connection in the Force where Mm -hmm. um, it's a stronger bond. Well, and they have a stronger connection. Strong connection
1: with Leia because Leia is also very strong in the Force, and uh, it especially in the book series
0: absolutely reminds me of Force dyad, Mm -hmm. where it's a connection that nobody else can compare to. It's a connection where they feel each other's emotions at a different level. at the end of the day, spoiler alert, Jason Solo turns dark. Mm-hmm. And um, he. If I'm not
1: mistaken, that was a result of the meddlings of XR Kuhn, who had been his spirit or whatever been laying dormant where Luke went to go resurrect that Jedi temple. And he kind of uh,
0: addled Jason Solo's brain. No. You're thinking of a guy named Eula Kildroma, one of Luke's first students. Perhaps. Jason, what, he, what turns him dark is he um it's basically it's dude his his path is very much similar to anakin's where he has a vision and there's a dark man sitting on a throne and he has taken over the galaxy and uh what jason could do was jason could see different versions of the future and if jason stayed on the light side of things um he always saw that like luke would die and the galaxy would fall into chaos and so he met this um, this dark, you know, not a Sith, but like a dark side user, and she basically con- uh, convinces him of a Sith Lord named Darth Vectivus, who was a Sith Lord, but never used the dark side to harm anyone, and basically found balance. And um, it's completely a fabricated story, mm-hmm. but he's convinced, and he's like, maybe this is what it is, is I need to get outside of the realm of normalcy, and become a Dark Lord of the Sith to save the galaxy from Luke dying. And over... So it's kind of like a necessary evil kind of thing. And he kind of feels like his hand is forced. And Ben definitely feels like his hand is forced. And the the lead up to that story is very different. Yeah, but we've if, discussed that quite a bit. Yeah. How he feels like it's out of his control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, um, the only one that can defeat Darth Kitus, which is Jason Solo's Sith name, is... The Sword of the Jedi, which is a title that's been bestowed upon Jaina Solo, because they have that bond. And so, um, Jason and Jaina fight, and right before he dies, he's basically like, um, he's got a daughter and there's things going on, and there's a clarity there where he's like, you've got to find her, you've got to help her. Mm -hmm. And so you can tell there's still good in him, and he felt like he had to be a Sith to, to uproot the ongoing government to avoid this dark man sitting on the throne or whatever. The dark man that they keep alluding to, I believe, was Darth Krayt, who years later did rule in the place of uh, the Republic. And a Skywalker, again, Kate Skywalker, which is Luke's like great-great-grandson, defeats him. Um, but basically, uh, Jaina has to defeat Jason because they have that bond. Mm-hmm. The same way that Rey either has to turn or defeat Kylo Ren. And so there's tons of canon and legends content that um, that flows together. And so I guess our point today was you can like both. Mm-hmm. And we don't live in a world where if you, you don't have to, ch- it's, not, it's not the matrix where it's like you take the blue pill, you can keep legends. Right. You take the red pill, Disney canon's all you got. Mm-hmm. See how far the rabbit hole goes. When it's, at the same time, like,
1: there are discussions where we say, well, purely canon, blah, 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 this has to happen. You know, or you're, per se, well, does this, do we count Legends material? If so, you know, what does that change? But, uh, like, I spent so much time uh, in my younger years on a debate team and, you know, practicing that throughout high school in various ways that I can compartmentalize and I can argue a point of view that I don't even agree with.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean, and
1: it's completely and solely about finding, you know, excuses and justifications. But at the same time, it's being able to completely disregard things that you know to be true. Yeah, and uh, so when that's how what I kind of do when I'm talking about Star Wars Legends Mm -hmm. or canon material, because
0: you're able to go into that portion of your mind, right? And here's what happens here, right? For me, it's here's a really prime example is in. In Legends material, we know exactly what happens Thrawn's whole life. Mm-hmm. In canon, the door is wide open. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. And so it's like, in my mind, he's very much dead, mm-hmm. murdered by Rook. It was so artfully done. Mm-hmm. and Which was a fitting end. I hated it, but I was like, if he had to go. Well, nobody was going to outsmart him upright, right. outright, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, exactly. And so, and then, and, and maybe that's be, that's one of the reasons why in Rebels we were like, "What is going on? Right. Nobody would sneak aboard his ship." Right. Ezra Bridger would not. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's because the only way he could be killed or defeated or whatever you want to call it in Legends was a betrayal. That's the only way. Right. Like the New Republic could not defeat right. Thrawn. And there's the like, and Rook was the only person that Thrawn
1: would have trusted. Enough mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. be betrayed by him. Yeah. And the way it
0: was laid out, it was just, it was It was, it was a masterpiece. Done. And so, um but in my mind, he's dead over here, and in mm-hmm. over here, it's just kind of up in the air. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I'm cautiously expecting.
1: Like, I'm I like, am like, very like, interested to see what's going to happen. Guarding that excitement in my heart. Yeah. I don't know
0: what's going to happen. Throndalorian? Takeover? You know? Man, that'll be sick. If, Thrawn, if I saw Thrawn on the Mandalorian, just add it to the list. Yeah. Shirt's coming off. If Thrawn goes on the Mandalorian, I'll take my pants off. I don't oh, give a crap. That? Nobody <laughs> wants to see that, but uh, I won't be able to contain my excitement. Um, so we wanted to talk about a few things real quick. Um, just uh, more. This is just more topical kind of stuff. We're not diving super, super deep into either of these characters because of mm-hmm. time and things. Both of these storylines we could just go on for hours. Either one of these characters could easily have multiple episodes. So I guess our idea was Canon Legends, both amazing. Mm-hmm. Legends has had more time, it's had more material. Mm-hmm. It has a multitude of authors. It has yeah, video games, comics, like three,
1: three and a half decades between yeah. you know, of of yeah. extended characters and storylines that go forth like five generations. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to compete with that with three films and, you know, now they're coming out with comic series and novels and stuff right. like
0: that. Right. I'm, I'm 27 years old and there's material that was around Star Wars Legends before I was born. Right. So you've got, you know, probably 30 years, if not close to 30 years, of material. And even now in the canon, even though it's only been eight years, there's a ton of material and there's going to be even more. So just imagine, you know, another 10 years, 20 years from now. How much material there will be. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you at the end of the day when we when they have as much time, there are gonna be stories that have come from the new canon that we go, man, this is the better version of this. Mm-hmm. You know? So we wanted to talk about characters or storylines that we're already seeing moving that direction. That we already feel like in legends, here's something we really prefer this version of. Mm-hmm. And then in canon, well, this is the better version. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let you run with legends. Okay. Because I know it's something you're super passionate about. This is true. This so, is true.
1: I've read this book multiple times. Yeah, go maybe for three it. or four. So, uh, just how so you know we're discussing, and uh, basically, I uh, texted our man Adam, and I was like, "Hey, if you could ask us about one character that was legends that you'd like to know more about that kind of added a lot to the story, um, who would it be?" And he's like, "Well, I." would like to hear more about Thrawn, I'd like to hear more about Plagueis. And I was like, well, we talked a bit about Thrawn, mm-hmm. and I want to talk more about him when his book comes out, but I could definitely talk about Plagueis.
0: Yeah. And we want to talk about characters that were in both areas. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. you have someone like Mara Jade, awesome, Who amazing, legends character, legends. but she's not been made canon yet. Right. Or, and or the probably way th- won't be. Because like, yeah, the way that the storyline has gone, it's iffy that she'll ever be canon. Yeah. So, anyways, I just wanted to clarify and, that. They're characters that have been in both eras that are better than one or the other. Right. So Plagueis is your
1: and your so moon for the plan. Plagueis really all that's canon about him right now is the discussion that Sidious has with Anakin when they're in the space opera. Right. Um, and he's, you know, telling about Darth Plagueis the wise. It's kind of implied that Plagueis was Sidious's master. Um, I'm not even sure if that's canon anymore. It could just be that he was the Sith master that it was just a legend. It was just mm-hmm. a story. Um, but in Legends we knew that Pla- are you going to look it up if it's canon yeah, right. Sidious's Master in Legends we know for sure that uh, Plagueis is Sidious's Master if you read the novel Plagueis which is a masterpiece mm-hmm. um, definitely encourage you reading that if you haven't before it was one of the first Star Wars books that I read um, fantastic that you know expanded my knowledge outside of just the movies and, and TV series um, but One of the coolest things I think about Plagueis is the involvement that he had in experimentation in the Force. Mm -hmm. Um, You see him pretty much from late in his apprenticeship. I think like one of the, sorry, little spoilers. If you want to read the book and you don't want any surprises, just take my word for it that it's fantastic and skip forward a little bit. But the start of the book basically is the end of his apprenticeship. You see him kill his master. Not a big surprise if you're
0: familiar with the Rule of Two. It Um, says, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Um, I clicked, yeah, clicked on to yeah I clicked on canon it says uh, Plagueis was a force sensitive male Dark Lord of the Sith it doesn't specify his species on here um,
1: legends he was immune mm-hmm. um, which if you know what that is the master of Darth Sidious it. it says okay so canon somehow we know I don't know how it would be put in canon but um I guess it's confirmed that he's Sidious' master. Um, Immune is the kind of species that you see if you are watching, uh, I think it's in episode three? Yep. You see the people for the intergalactic banking uh, clan.
0: Um there's a guy, I think it's in Attack of the Clones because they're on Geonosis when um, Obi-Wan's kind of spying as he followed Jango Fett mm-hmm. and there's a guy that's like, the banking clan will sign your treaty. Yeah. That's immune.
1: Yeah. And I think they're also in the, the big senate scene where
0: Padme's like, this is hell. Something dies. Yeah, the banking, yeah, it's weird, a, weird because liberty, in, uh, the there's a liberty dies with of laws. Um, the Justice, weird thing, freedom, um, my new empire The weird thing thing about uh, the Senate within Star Wars is that giant corporations are included. Mm -hmm. Which I think George did on purpose to kind of be like, this is corruption. Yeah. I saw uh, like the Trade Federation. It's like, why are they in there? Yeah. I don't know. This is outrageous!
1: But anyway, so more about Plagueis. uh, And he moved forward and you see him uh, kind of groom Sidious to be his apprentice and all that that entails and how uh, Plagueis is now experimenting in areas of the force that have either never been explored or have those secrets have been, long been lost. Um, and since he's inordinately wealthy, he's got like his own moon that he lives on and he's got like this fortress and he's got this whole lab yeah. where he's experimenting with different species. And Plagueis
0: so... is included in the Rise of Skywalker novelization. Oh, okay. Apparently. I still need to read that, Dadgum.
1: And uh, you see him kind of setting the way for the Clone Wars where he is experimenting with different species to see who would be made most docile with the same amount of aggression, but there's um, the amount of servility that would make, you know, implementing the Order 66 concept reliable, like where they would be aggressive enough to fight, but not so overly aggressive that they couldn't be controlled. So he's... You know, looking at both of these areas, and um, at the same time, he's looking to extend his own life, which mutants already have a longer lifespan than most humans. Or, uh-huh. You know, I guess excluding force users, all humans. Um, and how he's having these grand experiments with not only uh, influencing the midi chlorians and himself to keep regenerating, or influencing midi of other people to heal. Uh-huh. Uh, bad wounds and injuries um, but he also wants to create new life and so it's very heavily implied that he has an experiment that goes uh, either horribly right or horribly wrong and he tries to inspire new life and the force pushes back against that and that's how Anakin's created Mm -hmm. Um, and you see that at the end of the book when Sidious is uh, he discovers how Anakin was born that he didn't have a father and he realizes that this is the work of Plagueis. Mm-hmm. And so, for all and of these doesn't reasons... doesn't he...
0: Isn't Tenebrous dead? Like, fully dead? And instead of just reviving him and letting him die and reviving him, the idea was let him die the whole way mm-hmm. and then influence many chlorians from outside of the living Tenebrous body. Because, yep. of course...
1: Tenebris was a Bith, and that was Plagueis' master. Right. For those of you who don't know. And then who is Venomous. Uh, I think that that was, was like Plagueis' other apprentice or uh, Plagueis' rival apprentice. So From Tenebris. Tenebris had... He was also a bith, Yeah. And Tenebris had like secret uh, apprentices where Plagueis was his... Main apprentice. His main apprentice, is one that, you know, he spent all his time with. Right. Um, and so when Plagueis killed Tenebris, he had to go and, you know, knock off the other uh, apprentices. I think there were four, three or four. Three or four. All right, there goes the freaking rule of two. Jeez. Right. The rule of twelve. Well, and one of the interesting things about Plagueis is that you see him starting to say how the rule of two is becoming obsolete. That he doesn't want to have a strict Master uh relationship with Palpatine because their strengths are so complementary that they're both necessary mm-hmm. that they would become more equals. And you see where he's now set Sidious up... Sidious is not about that life. Right. And you see... But he'd set up Sidious for such success. You right. You know what I mean? Right. Where he's uh, pulling all the strings...
0: Uh, between the corporations and stuff like that, but he needed the face. It's ironic, though, if you think about it, that the Rule of Two still wins out.
1: Yeah. You know? Because I think that... I mean, yes and no, depending on how you look at Palpatine's treatment of it.
0: Well, what I'm saying is, basically, the culmination of the defeat of the Republic at the hands of a Sith was because they just said, Rule of Two doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, or still... Even if they try to throw it away, Mm -hmm. it still happens. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you have... Like you said, Plagueis is like, let's work together. And Sidious' hardcore desire for power, hardcore desire to to rule, Mm -hmm. he doesn't doesn't want to be under Plagueis' thumb anymore. So he overtakes him and therefore makes the Sith stronger. And I think that if Anakin would not have lost to Obi-Wan and was able to be in his full power with just his not-mechanical limitations Mm -hmm. and things like that, I think it would be interesting because he could have surpassed I don't think he ever surpassed the Emperor hampered by the suit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, in some books talk about it and I think it's canon now that
1: Sidious on purpose made the armor cumbersome so as to slow Vader down. Mm-hmm. It was almost like
0: a punishment. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I don't think sheev would have cared if if Anakin defeated Obi-Wan. I don't think Palpatine would have put stops in place to be paranoid and to mm-hmm. defend himself from Vader. I think it was a well. Now you don't deserve to rule because you're weak. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna and so it was partially punishment and it was partially his faith in who Vader could be was weakened as well. So he mm-hmm. thought, "Dang, I'm I'm definitely more fit to rule than him." Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess continue. Or I guess what? Um, I mean, those are like the main points. Mm-hmm.
1: But the thing is that Plagueis, you know. In Legends is so much greater because you see his hand in the midst of it, and you see how he's, especially if you've read the Bane trilogy, how he's the culmination of those plans and how he's masterfully and artfully, you know, making all these connections while staying behind the scenes, uh-huh. um, and how and, how And much, just to be... He's such a huge... Honestly, all of Palpatine's plans were... Really started with Plagueis. Made by Plagueis, uh-huh. and Palpatine just finished them. Yep. Um, It'd
0: be kind of like if I if I go and I order the food and I do all the details, and I pay for it, and you go pick it up, Mm -hmm. that's what happened. Like, Plagueis Plagueis is the one in that novelization that really starts to touch on Dooku's mind a little bit. Mm -hmm. Plagueis is the one, because he's talking Sheev to talk... You need to go talk to this guy. Dooku is disheveled. He's powerful. And at the same
1: time... He's political. He's also aware that Palpatine is training Maul, and he's okay with it. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's giving... And he sees Maul as kind of a pawn. Yeah, and he's also, like... Looking down at him is not a true Sith because he doesn't have mastery over himself, Mm -hmm. and um, all of which was very accurate at the time, Mm -hmm. you know. And we're going to talk about the changes that have come with that, with canon.
0: And the Um, I think it was really cool because his strength, one of the things that's the coolest about Plagueis is how he was invisible in plain sight. mm -hmm. He was not some random. Like you get the sense that when Bane starts to go into hiding to preserve the Sith, there's a long line of people who are. Just completely anonymous, but they're Sith. Mm -hmm. And Plagueis starts to go... He was a power player in the galaxy. Yeah, he was like, why don't we do this where I can't be the Sith Mm -hmm. because I'm Hugo Damask. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the guys that's in charge of the Banking Clan. I'm this, I'm this. I I have a voice in the Senate. Mm -hmm. Like, all those things. And that sets up Palpatine to be the Sith Lord that's also the, uh, whatever. I don't know why I want to say president, but chancellor sorry of the republic
1: U.S. Green okay. chancellor.
0: so just uh just an amazing character now yeah. on the flip side a character that was severely typecast that was uh still had amazing work still loved i love his role in Plagueis. i really like this sh- the book uh lockdown. lockdown by joe schreiber i love his i love schreiber's writing style yeah I, he makes me feel like i can read a book in like two seconds because his chapters are shorter, so I'll be like, "Oh, what's one? What's three more pages? Right. Two more pages? Oh, this one's seven. Oh, I'm gonna go out on eleven and do seven pages this time." Yeah, and it just moves the story along. I think really well. There's yeah. sometimes that a chapter is so long in a book, and you're right. like, "What's even happening?" Well, and it's cool because e- each chapter is a hundred percent one singular idea. It's an idea. event, and you then I mean? just, it's not a series of events. And it could be the next, and then. We're done with that, and the same character's going to go do something else, but that's a different chapter, mm-hmm. and I like that a lot. I like that idea. I love Joe Schreiber's writing style. If you're listening, Joe, we love you. We uh, so, um, love you so much, we named him after you. <laughs> Went back in time, changed it to Joe. Uh, so, uh, again, Joe Schreiber's work on Mall Lockdown was fantastic, and it kind of brings out more of that side of right. Mall. But nothing, no character, I think, I mean, obviously the Rays and the Kylo Ren's who wouldn't exist, or Mm -hmm. Chewbacca who died in Legends and isn't dead in canon. Um, The character who has singularly, and if you can think of someone and you're listening or watching and you want to correct me or give your two cents, feel free to comment uh, on the videos or whatever. Uh, But the character who has singularly benefited the most from um, new canon is Darth Maul yeah and Darth Maul went from looks really cool died kind of crappy
1: to mm-hmm. to now being a mastermind and a syndicate a mastermind
0: operator. and probably one of the like he went from he went from a top 20 contender on my list of favorite characters
1: mm-hmm.
0: and especially by the end of this Clone Wars season and what the work they did with him in Rebels and that last scene between him and Obi-Wan and just all that stuff I'm like, dude, this guy's top five. Yeah, if Maul was on a Star Wars basketball team, he would get most improved. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. He's the MIP dog, and yeah. and he's and he's a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, before it was like, well, he's acrobatic, mm-hmm. but he's not very. smart. He kind of yeah. was. He was clearly. He was kind of like a he was big like a foot character. It yeah. was like, well, very strong, uh, but uh, kind of dull in the brain. Yeah. Um, And now, like you said, he's playing chess. Mm -hmm. Like, there's that moment in Clone Wars Season 7 where he's like, are you blind? The Republic is going to fall. The Jedi will fall. That is inevitable. My master has won. And Anakin's the key. Like, he just paints this whole picture, and we're like... (gasps) Yeah, he's in the know. He's in the know. And he knows he's in the know. Mm -hmm. And he knows he knows more than you know he's in the know. He's just a... uh, He is. And the cool thing about his evolving character
1: is just how much more in control, even of himself, that he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was You just see that
0: case in point, and he's like, barely well, I was rage hoping... Barely and power. Yeah, and, and before, it was like, they kept describing him as an animal. I heard mm-hmm. that so many times. He's an animal, he's an animal, he's an animal. Uh, and that's cool. I love that. But in lockdown, you see more of his controlled see, yeah, side a lot. And his then, strategic side, mm-hmm. you know, just... So I thought different Joe Schreiber as, as a writer was beyond before his time yeah. or before Maul's time. And but maybe then, even the inspiration for the way his character has gone in canon. Yeah, could be. Um, and then I just think that by the Mandalore, Caesar Mandalore arc on Clone Wars Season 7 that we just got, mm-hmm. Maul's character is, for a split second, I'm going to put Kenobi on the back burner because I've got mm-hmm. to defeat Anakin Yeah, so that Sidious cannot And win. that's the
1: sign of... That's mature. Like a master operator.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? That he
1: sees the way things are going right now and he says, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna gonna to dedicate boss. my last breath to Kenobi, but for right now, there are other things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And he was even... He was even willing he was to even have Kenobi willing, come to Mandalore right. and put that to the side. Yeah. He was even willing to just use the one he really wanted just as a tool to get to somebody
0: else. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Because at the end of the day... Sidious needs to not be in control more than I need to get revenge on Kenobi right and so his maturity as a character like he's right there with remember I would tell you like okay Boba Fett just because of growing up and because of that whole story with you know growing up my dad bought me a a Boba Fett t-shirt and that's where everything started I was like this is a cool looking guy and so I liked him Mm -hmm. like I remember like you and Sean got either like one of y'all got a Luke and one of y'all got a Darth Vader I can't remember who got what And we knew who those characters were. And I was like, who the freak is this guy with the t shaped visor? Probably just got it
1: for you because it was green. I uh,
0: could have been, yeah. So I fell in love with the character. So he always has a special place in my heart for other reasons. But as far as character development, every time we get Kylo content, I'm like, oh my God, is Kylo my favorite character ever? And then we'll get a Thrawn novel, and I'll go, oh, that was hogwash. It's totally Thrawn. Thrawn's my favorite character. Well... With the development from mm-hmm. Solo and Rebels and Clone Wars, I mean, it's hard not to make a really great case for Darth Maul as yeah. One of the greatest Star Wars characters of all time and arguably the most developed Star Wars character of all time. Like mm-hmm. he's I don't I'm not saying he's number one. Well but I'm saying he's up there, man. Some of the difference is that a
1: lot of the characters we have, they're already really far into becoming who they already are going to end up being yeah, by the yeah. time we get them at the beginning. You know It's kind of like,
0: that's that's what it is with Kylo. Yeah. Is with comics or stuff we can go back in time but media that we can watch with our eyes, mm-hmm. like not read like a comic or a book, but media we can watch especially, nobody has developed in front of our eyes more exactly. than Darth Maul. Yeah, we see him as the
1: raw, uncut gem to the very polished diamond he'll become in his mm-hmm. own home right. You know? Yeah.
0: So obviously, I mean, when I say he's the most, I'm saying in recent history. Mm-hmm. Like, um, even so, there's like, um, even so, there's freaking, uh, like, Luke. There's a gap there that Legends does an amazing job with Luke and his character and Clone Palpatine from Legends times and Grandmaster Luke and just how powerful he is. There's a gap there that i I know there's comics and things, but um, there's a gap there that I... Don't know, after Return of the Jedi, exactly where he's at right. before we meet Kylo Ren, right, you know, when he's leaving the temple. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you see, in, in like what we talked about in the Rise of Kylo Ren series, you see him be pretty powerful. I mean, to oh, just sure. single-handedly take on the Knights of Ren and, took on and, and be and in whooped, control of it the whole time. Whooped them, yeah. But, at the same time... It's not looking like we're going to see him be inordinately powerful like he was in Legends. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He Mm -hmm. just, I don't think he was to that point where he
0: dies where we see him in canon. But the point of the matter is, Darth Maul is put on another level because of Disney canon. Mm -hmm. And you can dislike it all you want, and you can hate Kathleen Kennedy and all that kind of crap. At the end of the day, they have put out some amazing material. And, um, man, like, we wouldn't have Kylo Ren. Right if you don't like Kylo Ren, what's even wrong with you? Something's wrong. So, those there's things that we have... Like, think about this. I think about... And there's a book called Vector Prime. came out in the 90s. Chewbacca dies. Spoiler alert. And the whole Legacy of the Force series, where we start to see Jason Solo fall to the dark side and that sort of stuff. The whole series, stuff happens and I go, you know what would have helped? Maybe some freaking Chewbacca in the mix. That would have helped a ton. So without Disney Chewbacca's dead yeah. so there you go you're welcome so you can love both you yeah. can like both they can coexist you don't have to have one or the other this isn't the matrix yeah. so
1: just, enjoy just Star love Wars. Star Wars yeah.
0: that's all there is to it just enjoy Star Wars and if y'all don't quit hating on the Knights of Ren I'm gonna come get y'all <laughs> okay I'm about to do an episode all by myself about the Knights of Ren I'm sick I'll of do it. it I'm sick of it I've said that three or four times I'm, I'm serious the threat's real. If I have that, I reach down here and I pulled up that huge axe. <laughs> I played one of the knights of Ren and I'm offended. No, but uh, you can Star Wars is Star Wars, man. Just love it. And if there's something you don't like, we live in a day and an age, a day and an age where if we don't like something, that we just attack it and hate on it. You're allowed to not like something, but don't bug me. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you don't like Boba Fett, I could give two craps if you don't like Boba Fett. He's the greatest bounty hunter of the galaxy, <laughs> always has been. Always will be. And he'd wipe the floor with the Mandalorian. You heard it here first. I'm probably going to eat these words in season two. Whatever. At the end of the day, may the Force be with you. And uh, remember, the only family you have here is me. See y'all next time. Thank you, thank you.